0: This is Blue Collar Culture, where you don't need ping pong tables, a cereal bar, or nap pots to attract and retain real A players. Join us where we speak with down-to-earth leaders that understand what it takes to win with a Blue Collar Culture. Now, here are your hosts, Jeremy McLiver and Ryan England. You've heard me talk about the importance of giving your people numbers, scorecards, metrics, KPIs, whatever word you want to use for that. Your people on your team need to know how they're being measured. They need to know what they have to do to win. So why is it that so many businesses at the leadership level don't know their numbers? Today's guest throws me off a little bit. I think we're going to talk about sales. We're going to talk about things. But when I asked him what's the most important thing business owners need to do, he says, know your numbers. Today's guest is Kyle Hunt with Remodelers on the Rise, and he coaches and trains remodeling contractors on how to generate more profit, how to better understand the numbers so they can make better decisions about the jobs they take, and ultimately, at the end of the day, win in the game of business. So we're going to talk about the shift that needs to be made in order for you to use your financial statements and the information you have on job costing to help you win in business. Well, hey, Kyle, thanks for joining me today. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited about today's conversation. You know, we've known each other for a long time, and I've actually been on your show. And I just I want to apologize publicly for not bringing you on sooner because I know you have mm. a wealth of knowledge. This is going to be a great episode today.
1: I mean, you've apologized a few times. It's no big deal. I mean, I lost <laughs> sleep. I'm like, when is Ryan going oh, no, no, to no, invite part-
0: me? I'm apologizing to our listeners now. Oh, I see. Like, this is going to be a great episode. They're gonna learn a ton today. And I'm apologizing to them for not having you here sooner.
1: Way to build it up.
0: Yeah. So as we jump in, the way I like to at the beginning of every show, you work with a lot of owners in remodeling. That's really your sweet spot. Yep. And I'm sure that there is something that you see or that you deal with on a regular basis, some kind of head trash or a myth that these owners have bought into and it's holding them back. What is that myth that you want to break down right now?
1: Okay. Well, you did a fine job of sending me over some questions ahead of time, and I'm a big fan of 5P, proper preparation prevents poor performance.
0: Yeah, that five times fast.
1: I could, but 5P. And that's already a good takeaway, by the way, people. If you can get 5P, that acronym kind of integrated into your business, proper preparation prevents poor performance. It's actually originally from the British military. And what a fine day to be bringing that up as the queen is laid to rest today. Mm. It's currently September 19th. But were you watching it earlier, by the way? I was not. Okay.
0: It's early here. That's true. You just got the kids to school.
1: So, 5P, proper preparation prevents poor performance. And as I was thinking about what I wanted to share today, there were many myths that I could go into, but the one that I picked was the myth is if you take really good care of your people and your clients, everything else will take care of itself. Mm. Because when we think of it, if you're really good at taking care of your people, some people would argue, hey, your people, your employees, your trade partners are your most valuable thing. Focus on them first and then they will take care of the clients. And you don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. But the last part, everything else will take care of itself. That is a big fat myth. So, not to give too much away from where we're going, but the part that I was thinking about when I shared that was everything else will take care of itself. In particular where I'm going is all of the financial aspects will take care of itself. Mm. You will make all the money that you want to make. You will be as profitable as you want. Things will go smoothly. And there's no doubt that if you have great people and you treat your clients very, very well, that is a great foundation for success in your business. But that does not necessarily mean that everything else will take care of itself. I have seen a many a business owner who does well by their clients, does well by their employees, are working their faces off and are not making much money for all of that hard work and effort.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, when you break it down like that, and I think about the financial side of it, I mean, how many people are listening right now? They're like, oh, my entire team knows all the economics of the business. They know mm. how the money works, how it comes in, how it goes out, how we actually control expenses. I don't know about your clients, but I know a lot of people I talk to, they don't really have that open book mindset No, <laughs> share all that. No. So, Without that information, I can see why even if you have the right people and you have great customers, that's not going to take care of itself.
1: Yeah. And kind of where I would go next with that is the thing that's holding a lot of business owners back is just they don't understand their numbers. You don't need to be a financial wizard. But you need some financial acumen. You need some understanding of it. And what I see is a lot of times, the and I work with remodelers. A lot of guys and gals are doing kitchens, baths, additions. To be any kind of contractor and to do it well, you have to be a pretty quality person. But home remodeling, we are in there for an extended period of time. Mm -hmm. Oh, you plumbers, you electricians. You guys have it easy. You go in, you put on a little show, you do your thing, and you leave. Once you try hanging out there for a month or two, all these different moving parts and pieces, remodeling's hard. And yeah. what I see is that a good remodeler has a really strong heart. They just want to do well by the people. And What we need to make sure of is we do take care of our clients. We do take care of our employees and our trade partners, but we also stink and make money for all of the hard work that we're putting in. So, what's holding a lot of business owners back is truly knowing their numbers. Mm. Can you pull up your profit and loss statement and explain it to me very clearly? Can you tell me, all right, here's my top line sales, my total sales revenue, here's all my cost of goods sold, and here's the different line items in there, and this is my gross profit? Kyle, let me tell you about gross profit. What that means is we have our overhead expenses, and then we have our net profit. And hey, the net profit is already after I've paid myself a salary. You see where my salary is showing up there. You know, <laughs> yeah. owner draws come out of net profit. And then we get into the whole realm of job cost reports. Oh, it's so important. We get into the whole realm of knowing how much you're charging, what your markup, what your margins are, mm. and really knowing your numbers, numbers, numbers. It's holding yeah. people back.
0: I'm listening to you, talk about that. And I had a mentor one time and he coached me for a whole year. And this was all we talked about for a whole year was mm. how to use a p l and a balance statement to make good quality decisions about my business, current state, about some of the mistakes I've made in the past and how to use it as a forecasting tool to really make those right decisions. Mm. And I'm sure there's probably a lot of people out there. I mean, I'm one of them. If I knew how much I would have had to learn about the financials <laughs> in a business, I'd have gone to work for someone else. Like mm. I've said that before. It's like, I'll let someone else deal with that.
1: Yeah. And I have to interject this because some people listen to going, ah, oh, I didn't know Kyle was going to, towards numbers and stuff. This is boring. Do I have to mm-hmm. listen to this again? You line up in our industry, there's in remodeling, there's eight or 10 really solid coaches, consultants. I've been a coaching consultant in our industry for 14 plus years. And if you line all of us up, Every single one of us is talking about numbers. You got to know your numbers. You got to know your numbers. Why is it that every coach and consultant that's worth anything is focusing their clients on numbers? Hello, there's a reason for that. And there's a lot of people that get into contracting, get into remodeling because they love what they do and they're good at it. They're great with working their hands. Yeah, craftsmen and craftswomen. If you want to be in the top 10, 15% of your industry, There is nobody in that top 15%, 20% that doesn't have a solid handle on their numbers that can really articulate how the P&L works, why they charge what they charge. They have fought and worked hard to make sure that their job costing is in place. You just can't ignore it. And sometimes there gets to the point where somebody's like, man, I'm so sick of working so hard and where's the money going? And we bring all this in and then it just goes out and now I'm dishing out raises and we got inflation, this materials, where is the money? And they get to the point where they say, fine, It is now time where I am going Mm. to fully understand my numbers. And at that moment and what comes after that is when you really start to take off as a business. And it's a lot more fun to be much more profitable.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting. You talk about the numbers and you started this when you have the right people and you have great customers, everything else will take care of itself. And we coach our clients when you're hiring good people, when you're hiring rock stars, when you're hiring A players, when you're hiring those top performers in the industry, they all have one thing in common. They all want to know what it takes to win. Mm. And any game, how do we determine who's winning and who's losing?
1: There's something being measured.
0: It's a scoreboard. Yeah. It's a scoreboard. And if your employees don't know how they're being measured, the numbers, if they don't know what it takes to win, they're never going to meet your expectations. Mm. You've probably seen a sports team warming up, scrimmaging, you know, just getting ready. And then All of a sudden, the game starts and the energy from the players is just transformed. It's at a level that's just unobtainable by so many people. And the only difference is we're now keeping score. Yeah. It's all numbers. So you're a big fan of participation trophies for kids. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely not. Oh, I do not like participation trophies. I think that it is really healthy for people to know that they are not performing. Mm -hmm. It is really healthy for people to know that they came in last place. Even second, you know, what I learned growing up that second place was the first loser. Mm -hmm. That's how I was taught.
1: Yeah. And that is true. I had my 16 year old son and his buddy in the car the other day, and they were talking about actually two of his buddies and they were talking about, they tied in football. And I said, you know what a tie is like? It's like kissing your sister, Mm. which is pretty similar, right? (laughs) And they're like, oh man. I said, that's what you guys did. You didn't get it in the end zone again. Now it's like stinking ties, like kissing your sister.
0: Ah, ah. I thought it was funny. So getting back on topic, okay. <laughs> the numbers are super important. Yep. The numbers are super important. And I agree with you. I kind of have that cringe moment like, oh, we're going to talk finances today, but I'll tell you what, I'm sure that most people have figured out that just because I made a million dollars this year, top line, does not mean I got to put a million dollars into my bank account yep. personally. Yep. And the amount that usually ends up in the bank account at the end of the year is a small fraction of what you actually brought in. Sure. And if you don't know why, You can't make it better. I think that's where you're going with that. Mm -hmm. This is what we're talking about, right? Mm. This is really a mindset issue. This isn't a math issue. I don't know about you, but I got a calculator on my phone that is also a video camera and my internet browser. I got a calculator that'll do all the numbers for me.
1: Yeah, it's a mindset issue. If I may smack you guys up in the face, like you want to be a professional when it comes to your work and your craftsmanship. You want to be a professional when it comes to the client experience. And you want to be a stinking like, fifth grader and a stinking amateur when it comes to knowing your numbers? Like You're just going to continue to kick that down the road because it doesn't come easily for you. It doesn't come naturally for you versus fighting to figure out how to learn step-by-step, how to improve it. You watch a webinar, you watch a recording or training, and it doesn't really sink into you, or you sit down with your CPA and it's not clicking. Are you going to continue to push to ask more questions, to go until you fully understand it? I don't need you as a business owner to know how to file your taxes or know exactly what investment vehicle to put money in. But I do need you to know why it's important. I need you to know what questions to ask. I need you to be able to look at a high level, how to understand your financials. Sure. And I'm going to talk more about job costing and important in a minute. So I'm going to hold off
0: on it. Well, I think too, though, it's the understanding. That's what stood out to me. It's the understanding mm-hmm. this stuff. I don't need to be an expert bookkeeper in order to have good financials. But if I've got good financials and I don't know how to do anything with them and I don't understand them, that's a problem. Yes. So why don't people do this? I mean, it's not fun, right? Numbers aren't fun. Although Hmm. I don't know about you, but having money left over at the end of the year to put in my personal account, that's kind of fun. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah. So why don't people do it?
1: I think one, there's a little bit of quote unquote, well, I I just don't have the time to dig into it. So for example, job costing, it is very, very, very important when you're doing a project, I'm thinking of maybe a kitchen rally project, that you should know what your expected gross profit is. Once I have all the money coming in, minus all of my cost of goods sold, my materials and my in-house labor and my trade partners, that equals my gross profit. Everyone should know what their expected gross profit is. And then we need to know what our actual gross profit is. How did it actually come in? And some Mm. people say, why aren't they doing it? Lack of time, lack of process on it. I think there's a lot of people that are intimidated by it, but there's a lot of things in life that we can be intimidated by or that we were intimidated by that we can work past and work through. And I'm just really pleading and encouraging on the other side of really understanding your numbers is an unlock to being able to pay your team better because you're making more, being able mm. to offer more benefits, being able to put more money into retirement so that you can look at a certain time and be able to retire, being able to provide for your family in a stronger way. There's a lot of wonderful benefits. Making more money allows you to hire somebody new to take some of the weight off your shoulders and put some of those that weight and responsibility on another team member. When you are making more money, it is the unlock to a lot of things that you desire in your business and life. And I'm not talking greedy desire. I'm talking more stress-free business, less anxiety about things, easier to make investments and feel like you're making progress on things. So again, why don't we do it? We get anxious about it. We get frustrated by it. We're not sure how it works. It doesn't come natural to us. We say, well, I know I should be sitting in front of my desk studying my PL or watching that training or working through that, but you know, there's something going on in the field. They really need my help. So then we go do something that we enjoy more instead of doing the hard work, instead of eating our frog. Your frog every day is the most important thing you need to get done that you're most likely to put off. If you are avoiding financial related and numbers related thing, you've got to get past that and really focus in and put the effort towards it. There's all kinds of help and resources out there if you're interested and willing and ready.
0: Yeah, you brought the eat the frog concept and every time we do that, I don't know why, but I just think of. All I had to do was eat a frog every single day. Mm -hmm. Would I really want to just sit there and stress about it all day long and go, oh, I'm going to have to down this thing sometime? No, I'd get up before I even brushed my teeth or even thought about the day and I would eat that silly frog and just get Mm -hmm. it over with.
1: It's a Brian Tracy, he's an old professional development guy. And that's his whole thing of like, if you had to eat a live frog every day, what would you do? And the frog is the most important thing you need to get done that you're most likely to put off.
0: Yeah, you brought up a great point. It's not fun. Right. Most people get into this profession and they get into some kind of service or construction business because that's what they do. They did that growing up, or that was a trade they learned. They're like, I can start a business doing this and bring my friends in and we'll have this great time. And it's more fun. But then you understand that there's this whole financial side of it that has rules and business owners aren't rules. Like we don't Mm -hmm. like rules and it's not fun. So when we think Mm -hmm. about what we've got to go do. The last thing I want to do is sit around in my computer, staring at a spreadsheet or QuickBooks or whatever.
1: It's not fun when it's overwhelming. It's not fun when the numbers aren't looking good, but Stu Kavner, when he started going through that, Stu Kavner popped into my head, long time client. Didn't like numbers. Couldn't do this. Stu loves talking about this stuff now, loves going through his p loves showing job costing. One, because he understands it and he understands that the improvement has allowed him to really thrive in his business and life. He's made that connection and he pushed through not understanding how to do it and got training and was consistent with it and asked a lot of questions and was frustrated, but continued to push forward. It's interesting that I'm pushing that so much. The, my main message so far is if your numbers and your financials are murky, then they're unclear and you don't understand them well. Like you said earlier, it's a mindset thing. You've got to click something in your head that says, okay, I'm hearing from Kyle, I've heard this time and time again, I need to stop avoiding it and I need to commit to it.
0: Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what does a commitment look like? Give me one or Mm. two action items that those listening right now going, yes, I hear you, Kyle, you're the 12th person to tell me this in my career. What do they do?
1: Here's some specific actions. Step yeah. one, call your certified financial or your CPA, your accountant, and schedule a meeting, get it on the calendar, ASAP. What do you do in that meeting? Well, it's already September 2022, or if I don't know how far advanced you record these. Maybe it's... How far advanced do you
0: record these?
1: Are you no. super organized where you have like 10 of them in the hopper?
0: Not right now.
1: Okay. So <laughs> September or October, it is a great time of the year to be sitting down with your CPA and just looking at your overall tax responsibilities how the year's gone but more than that sit down and say hey cpa can you walk me through my financials can you start at kind of a little bit more of a basic level and walk me through how each of these things happen and ask a lot of questions that would be one very simple action do that i'll just throw out a bunch of them another action would be do you have somebody in your local market that you know through your trade association through a home builder association a business owner that you respect that's been successful What would it take for you to sit down and have breakfast with them, have lunch with them? And in particular, say, or you know, what have you learned in your career? People are very willing to share and. If financials are a weak link for you, talk to that person, that potential mentor, about how they approach their financials, how they approached understanding that at a stronger level. So, those are a couple ideas. If you have an office manager, if you have a bookkeeper, again, stick your nose into that more often. Another thing that they should do if this is all murky is to go in and for a job that you have coming up, figure out what your expected gross profit is and what your actual gross profit is. Okay. You're mm-hmm. selling this project for $10,000. How much are you expecting in cost of goods sold and gross profit? And how much do you have an actual? What that is going to highlight is one, is you're estimating clear enough where I can see what my expected gross profit is and then is your reporting and your job costing clear enough where it can actually show what the actual is? If you were expecting $4,000 of gross profit and you brought in $3,000 of gross profit, that is called slippage. We have $1,000 of slippage and that should make you frustrated and angry, righteously mm-hmm. angry, hopefully, to say, where is this? Is it your team in the field is dragging their heels and it took them longer than you expected? Probably. Is it estimating and you need to update your estimating because you didn't include this and that or you forgot that? The materials that you put in there as a cost is actually higher than what the actual was. It's going to be a combination of those things. But if you pay attention, so you said, how do I get through it? job costing is a huge place to start. If you can show me expected versus actual for one of your projects, it is going to springboard and give you major clarity on your estimating, your production, how to be more streamlined. That's the spot that I would start the most, but I also gave a few other options.
0: Yeah, so one of the questions I just want you to clarify for me is, so as the owner, I have to understand this stuff. I have to know how to look at that job cost report and look at the estimate versus actual and be able to go, oh, here's why that happened. Yeah, But I don't think I've yet heard you say that I have to be the one to actually build that report. Hmm. Is
1: that? Yeah, I mean, if I did a $30,000 bathroom project, I probably have a bookkeeper. I might have an office manager that's managing QuickBooks. I might be responsible for the estimating. So yeah, there's people on my team that probably can feed me the information for sure. But if there's not, yes, guess what? It's your way of doing it. Pull out a blank sheet of paper Type in income, write out cost of goods sold, materials, labor, et cetera. This minus these equals gross profit. Okay. And then when the actual comes in, well, Kyle, we're not very organized. Grab those receipts, grab those invoices, total up everything related to that project. But my team isn't marking their time per job. Well, that's a problem. You need to fix that because if you're not able to see how much time and hours they put on that particular job, you've got no chance of having clarity on your numbers. Go fix that.
0: Yeah, yeah my yeah. answer. Well, and I would say, and if you don't like it, that's motivation number one to go find somebody to do this for you. Sure. Because that I was also Take
1: the, responsibility for it.
0: You have to, absolutely. But I do think there are people that are going to be better at this. And frankly, there are people that love bookkeeping, mm-hmm. that love, I mean, they love this stuff. So if you're not one of them, I'm sure you can find somebody by absolutely. going to your local trade association or going to someone that you look up to and say, hey, who do you know? Or how did you get started in this? How did you do that? Heck, your CPA, yes, they're going to charge you a lot more, but your CPA might even be able to help you. Yeah. Right. And one of the things that you said too about the CPA is I know we're at the end of the year, and I don't know when you're going to be listening to this, but I've learned that even a regularly, like every quarter, sitting down with a CPA can just open up your eyes to so much about what's going on in your business. And then you don't have to wait till December. And go, oh, here we go. It's taxis and you're stressing and you're freaking out because you didn't have those conversations. So yes. I love that. All right. So I do this. And I'm gonna guess the gentleman that you mentioned that did this, he's probably sleeping better at night, right? He's probably got a healthier company, stronger bottom line. Does it just I just do this? I listen to you. I mean he's more handsome. Oh, wow. Well, so understanding your numbers helps with that. Got little, I love got it.
1: a little more. I mean, you got more mojo, you got more confidence, you got yeah. more swagger.
0: So is this something that I just, I spend the time, I get to know this stuff. I understand my job costing reports. I understand my balance sheet and just everything.
1: Magically poofs.
0: Yeah. I mean. That's how you started the show, right?
1: Yeah, so I mean, what starts to happen is you're adjusting your pricing and your markup and margin as a result of this. You're improving your estimating as a result of this. You're improving your efficiency in the field as a result of this, because you're looking at the numbers and what gets measured gets improved. And all of a sudden, if you're more productive, if you're more profitable, and there's more dollars in your bank account month in and month out. And you said earlier, you know, you got a million dollars coming in. Some people are like, well, where's my million dollars? I'm putting my bank. course, it doesn't work like that in the contracting world. But what I so often see is there is 6%, 8%, 10%, 11% of gross profit and net profit that are just dangling out there that when we start to watch our numbers closer and clean that side of things up, things go so much smoother and more profitably. All of a sudden, it's not necessarily, we just got this idea that we're just going to keep selling, selling and producing more Then we'll have the net profit and the results we want sometimes. Sure, that could work. But oftentimes, we've got to just understand job by job how the numbers are coming in and make sure that we are bringing in these projects at the profit margins that we're looking for. And when we start paying attention to it, yes, it should fire us up. It should get us going. And we start making little improvement by little improvement.
0: Mm, Wow. So, And I imagine too, you mentioned confidence. And I know that I've worked with contractors who when they go out and they bet a job, they're not confident, mm-hmm. right? So they either pad it a little bit just because they need it because they know we got supply chain issues right now and I might have to go to a different supplier and they might be more expensive. Or, you know, I've got labor issues right now, I'm turning over people. And so I got to bring a new guy in and he's going to have to start. And so yep. there's all these things and they just take this arbitrary, I was going to add 10% or 5%. Mm-hmm. And then when the client's like, well, wait a minute, I got this bit over here and he was a little bit cheaper. When you have that confidence, you could probably justify those that being a little bit higher price Mm. saying, hey, we've got our act together. We know what it's going to take to get this done on time. Or we could be like the contractor that everybody has a joke about. They take your money and they don't show up for six months. And then maybe you get your kitchen back in time for summer, not the holidays like you had hoped.
1: So I heard a couple of things of what you just said. One is making sure that sometimes an arbitrary number of like, just we're going to add 10% to this. If you know that there's slippage, if you're not watching your job costing closely and you know there's slippage, sometimes it is good to put a little contingency in there of going, man, we know that we've got extra costs, this and that. That's going to help us there. But that's a little messy. Watching your job costing closely shows, wow, I had 10 hours in there for demo on this bathroom project and it took us 18. I need to know that for next time and adjust my estimate job costing and watching your numbers makes you a much stronger estimator. I would say it also does make you a much stronger salesperson. What you were describing there is, if I've got my numbers together and I know what it actually truly costs to do this project and to be profitable like I need to be, when you present that to a prospect, you can be confident in that number. When you're watching your numbers closely, you're not going to be sitting there going, you know, I need to knock two grand off this to try to get this job. No, what you're going to be doing is building more value up in order to sell that project. That's more of a sales process thing. If I'm looking at contractor A and contractor B and everything else is the same, they look, talk and act the same. How am I as a prospect going to decide who to go with? I'm going to go with the lowest price obviously, right? So why are there contractors or modelers out there that are able to charge much more than option two, three, and four, A, B, and C? The reason is is because they've built more value. Our sales process and how we differentiate ourselves and how we build the value, that's what allows us to charge more. So sometimes you're going to run your numbers, start understanding your numbers more and go, crap, I need to charge more than I'm charging now. That's why I'm not making any money. It's yes, it's this, yes, it's that, but I flat out am not charging enough. Then you put the proper markup and margin on it and you go, crap, I got to go sell that. Yes, you do. Mm -hmm. Yes, you do. Now become a better salesperson, build more know, like, and trust, build more value. You can do it. Others are doing it. Wow. There's a lot in
0: there. There's a whole nother episode in that last little thing you just said. (laughs) Absolutely. And we're running out of time right now. So let me ask you this. You've got a giveaway for our listeners. Yep. And I'm sure there are people going, you know what? Kyle, you're right. (laughs) I need to learn this stuff. I
1: apologize for not being super uplifting. This was a little more serious than why I typically take it. But hopefully there's two people listening to this that it hit them between the eyeballs. We're all about creating
0: action here. And sometimes you just got to punch them in the gut and people go, okay, fine. I'll do it. We're doing it out of love. We are. We are. We want you to be successful. You deserve a 20% net or a 30% net. You deserve it. With all the risk you're taking and everything you're doing, and the opportunities you're creating for your team and the people in your community, and like you deserve it, you deserve to have a healthy business with a healthy bottom line. It helps you achieve your goals. So I'm all about. Sometimes we got to get a little serious about things. Okay. But I'm sure there's people listening. Go, all right, Kyle, you got me. How do I get a hold of you? So I want you to tell us that. How do people get a hold of you sure. to learn more? But then you also have a giveaway for them that may help with some of this stuff.
1: Yeah. So a couple of ways. So I primarily again work with remodelers, kitchens, baths, additions, that type of work. If you're somebody that's in that realm, if you go to remodelers with an S, remodelerscommunity.com, that's a Facebook group that I have. And it's probably the best thing that I've built in my 14 years in business. Unlike a lot of Facebook groups, all we do is help each other and build each other up. You're not going to see a bunch of cussing and smack talking. It's just really, really high quality. And then another giveaway is Remodelers Vault. V-A-U-L-T, remodelers with an S, vault.com. I've taken a bunch of my templates and tools, several of them being financial related, employee burden spreadsheets and all kinds of good stuff. And I've also had a bunch of my clients submit different templates and tools. And if you go to remodelersvault.com, there's 40 or 50 plus different templates in different areas of your business where you're gonna go in there and you will be like, dude, that pre-construction checklist is amazing. Mm. Download, tweak, make it your own wow, that email that you send out between the initial phone call and the in-person meeting, that is a great little know, like, and trust builder. Awesome. Oh, here's a job cost report. Kyle's making it easy to make a job cost report. So if you go to remodelersvault.com, that's a wonderful resource. And then I also have a podcast called Remodelers on the Rise. It's second best in the industry behind Ryan's, but it's up there.
0: Well, mine is not specifically for remodelers, but right. we do serve remodelers. And we've had some remodelers that have engaged with us because finding good labor, finding good skilled people, like Betcha. carpenters that can come in and actually finish the job. It's been a challenge for a lot of people. I'm sure you deal with that oh, yeah. frequently. So, well, hey, Kyle, thank you so much for being here. It wasn't as exciting and uplifting, but here's the cool part. <laughs> here's the cool part is that if you're listening and you follow this stuff and you just get to dial in your numbers in six months, in a year, when you do your taxes next year, and you're like, I made way too much money. <laughs> I don't know what to do now. It's a good problem. It's all going to be worth it, right? It's all going to be worth it.
1: And if I were to kind of summarize kind of what we shared in a more uplifting way, you're working very, very hard. You're doing a great, great job. But if all of this is convicting to you and you're kind of always looking away when it comes to financials, let this be the kick in the butt that you needed to move towards better financial understanding and really knowing your numbers. Again, there is a whole unlock of business and life thriving that is on the other side of it, and you can do it.
0: I love it. Thank you, Kyle.
1: Really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me.
0: The Blue Collar Culture Podcast is sponsored by bluecollarculture.com. We help entrepreneurs create a healthy culture and build a self-managing business. To learn more, go to bluecollarculture.com.